0: This is Dolly Prince America. I'm Chad Abumrad. We are at the eighth of nine journeys into the Dollyverse. This one, well, if our our sort of through-line idea for the series is that Dolly is a kind of great unifier, this is kind of where things get a little hard.
1: Maybe here, if we're talking about, you know, uh, America from a Dolly's eye view, we get the full-on quivering mass of irreconcilable contradictions.
0: That's Professor Nadine Hubbs again, University of Michigan, Jolene Scholar.
2: Dolly is this singular figure in American culture who can pull off contradictions that nobody else could ever pull off. The question is... Is this the place where finally Dolly met her match? Dolly's Waterloo.
0: Maybe Waterloo's putting it a little too dramatically, considering that the this that she's talking about involves racing pigs.
2: The worst. Yeah, but, but what
0: Nadine is referring to is a place. A place of business. As you drive into Dollywood, which Shima and I did, with another dollyologist, Ali Tiki. It's starting to get mountainous. For a while, it's all Smoky Mountains. And then you pull in the Pigeon Forge. Wow. This is a little bit like starting to remind me of Vegas.
2: It's like the Vegas trip. I didn't expect that. you like, Billy Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's Allie. Uh, when you roll in the Pigeon Forge, you drive along this mile of nightclubs and dinner theaters. It's very sparkly, very neon. You have a giant skyscraper and, and Godzilla hanging off. There,
1: of it. There's John Wayne over there and Elvis. Love, and Charlie Chaplin? Yeah. Uh, and you'll notice we'll,
2: we'll be on Dolly Parton Parkway.
0: Dolly's there's name is emblazoned John on Park Park business, Park after, Park business Park. after business and about halfway down the strip. You arrive at a big red building that looks a little bit like a barn that is the most visited dinner theater in America and has become the center of a bit of a quarrel.
1: So there's a stampede.
3: Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. It's called the
0: Dixie Stampede.
1: Hey, y'all, come see my Dixie Stampede, the world's most visited dinner attraction. Don't miss it.
0: Call or go online for reservations. Actually, it's not called that anymore. That's sort of the crux of the drama.
2: Did you lock the car? No, I go first. first. What? You locked the car, right?
0: I'm not sure.
2: I think it's fine.
0: Shima and I visited on one of our trips to Dollywood. Now, you're not allowed to record inside.
2: But people have.
0: Producer Shimoli, I... Hi. Hey. There are literally hundreds of recordings on YouTube, uh, so we're going to use a few of those just to give you a sense of how it goes.
2: Okay, okay. So basically... Ladies and gentlemen, if we can have
4: your intention, please.
2: You walk into the arena. It's huge. I wouldn't say it's an, a football field. I would say it's like an Olympic-sized pool, yeah. but like with arena seats all around.
0: It's like going to the rodeo, basically.
2: It's like going to the rodeo. It's like a ton of dirt in the center of this massive oval. How many seats was it again? It was 1,000.
5: Welcome to Dolly Parton's Stampede.
2: And the whole conceit of this situation besides eating a tremendous amount of food i mean a full chicken and a pork loin and some soup that has a lot of cream in it and a biscuit
0: it was a lot of food
2: besides that
4: Howdy folks! Good evening,
6: ladies and gentlemen.
2: You quickly find out you are in a competition, a friendly competition between neighbors. And
4: all you fine folks sitting over here tonight are cheering for the North.
2: The whole arena is split in half. Yes, on one side, you've got the North. And on the other side... The South. The South. And the announcer who rides in on this horse on his steed... Do you hear, hear what they
1: just called you?
2: He encourages each side to jeer at the other. That sounds
4: like fight words to me now, doesn't it, to you?
2: He asks you to kind of jeer at them, and then he goes to the South Side, and he tells the South Side... Well, I
4: think you know who they are, those Northerners awesome. to you, Southerners. Yes. Ain't nothing but a bunch of foul-smelling gold-digging,
6: pig-slobbing, bird drop, polecats. Couldn't punch their way out of a wet paper bag.
2: Ain't that right Sal? And then, all of a sudden... And here come
4: the rider.
2: 12 riders on horseback storm into the arena. Half of them wearing red and half of them wearing blue.
0: Red is south, blue is north.
2: They start zipping around the ring. They look gorgeous. They're waving. Everyone starts cheering. The riders are jumping up on top of their horse, standing, riding, then jumping off, flipping down into the sand and then jumping back onto the horse. Woo! It was I was it was really impressive.
0: Oh my God! Yeah.
2: And then Be ready, sound. And the teams start to compete. Fire! They do a bunch of riding competitions.
4: And the cowboy joust is underway.
2: Uh, a cowboy joust. Go! Kids from each side they chase chickens. At one point,
4: it, go.
2: the pigs come out. Little piglets with capes race across the arena. Ours were quite mighty. <laughs> and then you realize you're eating pork.
5: <laughs>
2: and
0: then let me just talk to the weirdness of it all. Like, you are you are watching this. You are pounding lemonade. Yeah. Right? They, they're serving you lemonade in these giant gallon-sized cups shaped like boots. And you're drinking gallons of lemonade. The sugar is hitting your bloodstream. And you're flying. But in the back of your mind, you're having these thoughts like... Civil war as a friendly rivalry... <laughs>
4: Was the Civil War friendly? Wasn't it really about slavery? Well, uh, yes, but of course, bringing up slavery would be a downer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not—it's not, it's not going to bring in the money. This is
0: Patricia Davis, cultural studies professor at Northeastern University. She grew up in the South. Writes a lot about Southern identity. She calls places like the Dixie Stampede
4: the tourist imaginary. You know, in terms of uh, civil war, the tourist imaginary would be, you know, the antebellum south, you know, the huge plantation houses, um, the, you know, the, the flowery bells, the, you know, the noble gentlemen. And, you know, everybody's happy. There is no slavery. There is no discussion of exactly what um, exploitation led to that grandeur. It's just the grandeur that's displayed.
0: Up until a few years ago, the stampede hit all of those points. You had, at least at one location, a giant plantation backdrop. Southern bells dancing in big skirts. Riders for the South would come out in uniforms that were Confederate gray. Riders for the North would be in Union blue. And there were even signs over the bathrooms that said, Northerners only, Southerners only. In the show we saw, those notes were a little more muted but troubling thoughts would enter the mind.
2: But anytime they did... <laughs> Boom. Explosion. It's brilliant theater. This is classics professor Helen Morales. She wrote about the finale of the Dixie Stampede in her book, Pilgrimage to Dollywood. There was a collective gasp at the beauty of the spectacle. Before the audience could reflect
3: upon the result of their civil conflict...
4: We are the United States of America. Red and
7: white and blue.
3: The grand finale erupted in a crescendo of patriotism. And 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 Horses cantered in formation with their riders wearing lighted costumes, red, white, and blue, and waving the American flag.
1: Are you proud to be, Are
3: you proud to be an American? Boomed the MC a super-sized image of a resplendent red, white and blue Dolly Parton that fills the entire screen at the end of the stadium, responded, no north, no south, no east, no west. But one United States of America. Freedom and justice for all. Dolly is here. Dolly is America. The crowd erupt, screaming, clapping and stamping. It was such an overwhelming experience. That, you know, as soon as I wanted, as soon as my critical self kicked in and I thought, hang on, that's an appalling way to write history. Um, there'd be a flamethrower or something to distract, <laughs> to yeah. distract it's hard to stay in one place. Uh, ironic, serious, critical. <laughs> it's 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 difficult for me to be critical of Dolly Parton. I, I feel like I'm betraying myself.
2: Helen, if you recall from the first episode, is a huge Dolly fan.
3: I mean, her song, Light of a Clear Blue Morning, has really helped me out of many a blue period. Uh,
0: She says while researching her book, this was the one place in the Dolly-verse that didn't quite land right for her.
2: And she realized there's a real big divide between the Dolly she grew up with, the woman, you know, sassing back to her bus in the movie 9 to 5. You know, wit and verve, staunch supporter of LGBTQ. And this other idea of Dolly that she encountered in the South, and especially at the Stampede.
3: It's a more conservative version, I think.
0: You know, as Nadine Hub said at the beginning, Dolly can pull off contradictions that no one else can pull off. But then... (laughs) August 12th, 2017.
2: You're looking at live pictures out of Charlottesville, Virginia. This is where violent clashes have broken out between white nationalists... You
4: will not replace us!
2: ...and counter-protest there.
4: Black Lives Matter!
0: As you may remember, in Charlottesville, there had been a movement to take down two Confederate statues, and... This has been declared an unlawful assembly. People who didn't want that to happen...
2: Groups including the Ku Klux Klan and neo nazis
0: ...gathered to defend the statue. Things turned violent almost immediately.
2: One person is dead and 19 injured after a speeding vehicle drove into a group of protesters, marching peacefully through downtown Charlottesville.
0: And suddenly... This conversation, which had been bubbling for a while, burst out onto the national stage. Questions about who gets to write the history that we take as fact? Who gets to be honored?
6: Demonstrators took the debate over Confederate monuments to the streets of Richmond, Virginia today. Baltimore's mayor ordered the city's four Confederate monuments removed.
0: And in the midst of all of this rethinking and taking down of monuments.
7: Hello? Is this Aisha? Yes, this is Aisha.
0: A woman named Aisha Harris, a New York-based writer who worked at Slate at the time, she was on Slack, this is in the days after Charlottesville, and one of her colleagues messaged saying, hey, have you heard about this thing that Dolly Parton does down in Pigeon Forge? It just
7: kind of escalated from there. It was like, holy crap, like, why did I not know this? I love Dolly Parton, like, what?
0: She decides to fly from New York to Pigeon Forge and do what is essentially sort of a theater review of the Dixie Stampede. The tone was really funny but also quite critical. Why are there signs over the bathroom saying Northerners, Southerners only? Why is there zero mention of slavery? I was curious about the backlash. Like, did you, what, what was the result when you wrote the article? Uh,
7: it's probably actually the, the most backlash I've had for a piece since I wrote about Santa Claus. I don't know if you <laughs> recall that. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> writing about Santa Claus. Oh, that was you? A, a white man. Oh
0: my God.
7: Yeah, that was me. What she's
0: referring to there is an article that she wrote in December of 2013 that argued that maybe it's time we stop representing Santa Claus as an old white man. How about let's make Santa a penguin? Because a penguin is a bird that has no race. Uh, But if you want to map race onto it, it's black and white. She says a lot of people didn't like that suggestion. But when it came to her article about the stampede, they really didn't like
7: it. You deserve to burn and die in hell or like... There was one, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it, it sort of implied something about my family. And I was like, okay, this is getting a little weird. What, one of the things that people kept saying was, and, and this is like via tweets and emails, you know, Dolly Parton has done more for other people than you could ever imagine you could do. She's donated money to this cause, this cause, blah, blah, blah. She's a mm-hmm. philanthropist. And the thing about it is that I wrote the piece as a Dolly fan. Did you grow up with her music? I didn't grow up with her music, but then you know I, I watched Nine to Five for the first time. I read about her, and she's such as she's been she's such a smart businesswoman. I think that's something to, to celebrate and to to kind of look up to.
0: Aisha says that she just wanted to point out that even amazing people have blind spots. She
7: was born not that long after that the win came out, so I can understand why that sort of love of this fake southern uh identity i can see how that could creep its way into her work but it's 2017 now and i and and it baffles me that 30 years later this show still exists
6: well i mean it's something that we're talking about for a number of years
2: this is Pete Owens.
6: i um, the Vice President of Marketing and Public Relations for Dollywood. Before we just start, just to sort of like, because uh, we're on the radio, there's a lot of sound. It's good sound. I like the sound. It's a nice ambiance. Where are we? <laughs> we're sitting in the lower lobby of Dollywood's uh, DreamMore Resort and Spa, uh, adjacent to the Dollywood theme park. Gotcha.
2: Um, according to Pete, they had already been talking about making some changes, even before Aisha's article came out. So we
6: lo- we started to talk about it a couple of years ago. You had, you had heard criticisms, I imagine. Um, not as much as you would think, yes. honestly. I mean, I think most people got the fact that, you know, it's a good-natured competition between one side of the arena and the other side of the arena. What um, kind of conversations were you having, like, leading up <clears throat> to the thing? Well, we- What were some of those discussions about? Well, I mean, I think is, does that really describe what it is we're doing now? I mean, you guys have seen the show. Yeah. Um, The discussions were, does that really describe us? Moving forward is, you know, is this really who we are? Everywhere is becoming more diverse and we want to be as Dolly is, as inclusive as we possibly can.
2: So Pete says, after the article landed, the team huddled together with Dolly.
6: And we'll
0: hear from her in a second.
2: And they decided to make some changes. First, they decided to remove all the plantation imagery and any overt references to the Civil War. So for instance, the uniforms changed uh, colors. There was no longer gray and blue. The northerners were given red and the southerners were given blue.
0: They uh, got rid of those signs on the bathroom. They sort of threw out a few of the traditional music numbers, wrote some new tunes.
2: And most importantly.
6: We made the decision to uh, uh, to just remove, just to remove um, a Dixie from the name.
1: Parton announced the show is dropping the word Dixie from its name. Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede got rid of the Dixie and is now Dolly Parton's Stampede.
6: Anything that had a logo on it or a reference on it to the name will change.
1: The Dixie Stampede sign still stands here in Pigeon Forge, but take a look over this way. Something looks different.
2: In one news report, you can see giant cranes removing the word Dixie off the front of the building.
1: Crews have been out here
7: removing the letters on the building and anything else that has the word Dixie on it. I'm take. i I'm, I'm happy that, like, they did that. That's
0: Aisha Harris again, this time in the studio.
7: You know, I, 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 I like to imagine that maybe she had a change of heart. And if that's the case, then I appreciate her even more.
0: But as you can imagine, not everybody felt that way.
7: We're bringing
3: people, flags, signs. We will have people out here.
0: Coming up, we follow the story through a few more twists and turns. And Dolly herself will weigh in. Dolly America will continue in a moment.
7: WNYC Studios is supported by Wondery. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition.
0: This is Dolly Parton's America, Jad, Shima. Picking back up with the story, Dolly and her team announced they're changing the name of the Stampede almost immediately.
6: You can't rewrite history just by taking a name off of it.
2: The decision to take the Dixie out of the attraction that had been called Dixie Stampede rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Dixie's part of my
5: heritage.
3: Protesters voice their concerns outside what is now called Dolly Parton stampede. Basically,
0: what happened is, like if you look at a lot of the different counter-protests that were happening in response to statues being removed across the country, you see a lot of the same faces, the same groups. They're sort of on a circuit, going from place to place. And when the name change was announced, some of those same protesters...
6: Nah, bro. Y'all have bowed down to PC bullcrap.
0: They diverted their travel plans, came to Pitch and Forge...
6: We came too far to be knocked back down into this. did their thing. Many of the people there say the term
3: Dixie refers to the South and its fight in the Civil War.
0: And all of a sudden... You are attempting
6: to rewrite history. No, no we are not trying to rewrite history.
0: Dolly's now D Dixie stampede it is
1: our journey to fight for freedom!
0: was all wrapped up in that larger drama. Now, this was a, a, a very much a national conversation with a lot of different groups on the outside weighing in. We were sort of curious to know just like, what do people in the area think about this?
2: But before we could even have that thought or ask that question, we got a call.
7: I
3: believe in the United States of America. As a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the government.
0: We got a call from a woman.
2: I'm Evelyn Miller.
0: Who uh, told us that she was related to Dolly.
2: She's my fourth cousin.
0: Can you can you kind of step through that? So what...
2: Evelyn happens to be a regent at the Andrew Bogle chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. I've been in the DAR probably 12 years, but I stepped out for a while because I... <clears throat> so the DAR, as she calls it, is a group whose members have to trace back their lineage to someone who either supported or fought in the American Revolutionary War back in 1775-67. After one of their monthly meetings, Evelyn met with Jad and me, and she immediately whipped out her phone. Back, yeah, okay, okay, now here we come down. And opened this genealogy app.
0: Oh, wait, here we go.
2: Okay, see, it says your fourth cousin.
0: Do- it says Dolly Parton is possibly your fourth cousin. Yeah. Okay, we-
3: okay, now Catherine Powell, who married the Bohannon.
0: So Catherine Powell, 1807, okay, 1893.
3: Each, which makes us no not removed at all. Catherine Powell is Dolly's fourth great grandmother. And she
0: tried she to walk me through, me through the sequence of connections, but it was um, felt like trigonometry.
3: They had Betsy Elizabeth. And by the way, okay. Could you could you repeat that?
2: Evelyn was not the only one there claiming a Dolly link. We met another guy named Art.
6: Uh, Two of his daughters married two of the ogles in Gatlinburg, and they had lots of children.
2: Who also claimed that he was Dolly's fourth cousin. My granddaughter is friends with Dolly's
7: great-niece, and they have sleepovers. It seems like everybody in
0: this region has a connection to Dolly, or says they do.
7: Well, yes, so it would seem.
0: In any case, uh, we had chicken and brownies, we watched a presentation about the history of Scotland, and since these are people who obsess about history and lineage, after lunch, we uh, sort of turned the conversation to the subject of the stampede.
3: I don't think that she should have changed the name. As I was growing up, <clears throat> everyone said yeah. no. You can't
1: please say- don't change
2: the name. Oh, I don't think she no. should have changed it None no. of you think she should have changed the name. Uh, my family no, was from the, union. No. We, from the union side.
1: And you were from the Union side. So we, uh they weren't
3: <coughs> Confederates. East Tennessee was mostly Union.
0: One of the interesting wrinkles about having this debate in East Tennessee is that this part of Tennessee was initially pro-Union during the Civil War. They were annexed by the Confederacy unwillingly. So there's a very independent, like. Don't tell me whose team I'm on. I'm on my own team. Don't confuse me with the rest of the South or anyone else kind of vibe that you get when you talk to people here. And it's partly for that reason. That most of the people at the table with us, the 10 or so people we were talking to...
1: That flag you're talking about, Dixie Stampede, the flag, the statues and everything else.
0: They found the whole idea that you would erase a word to make someone else, somewhere else, feel better kind of irritating
1: they were okay for 150 years and now all of a sudden they're no good that doesn't make any sense to me at all I think it's people are you willing to fight uh, in a civil war for it the right to to protect my country yes my ancestors did it I guess I have to do it too if it came to that
0: but not everybody felt that way
1: what's
2: coming to my mind in this discussion is when you know better you're supposed to do better Times were different back then.
3: Times are changing. Dolly felt that she needed to change the name because But
1: you know, all these things were okay for 150 years. And how far are you going to go? That's pew in the church in Alexandria that was Washington's pew.
5: A historic Virginia church will remove a memorial plaque honoring America's first president.
1: They took his name off I'll of, it. of Washington and Jefferson are on Mount Rushmore. They own slaves. Should we take them down?
6: Are we gonna change history? Are we gonna tear all the statues down? Well, if we tear the statues down, then we need to burn all the history books. But, but, the, but the critics, I think, would
0: agree with you that the, the reason they wanted her to change it is that the actual story being told in it was itself changing history or not acknowledging history.
6: We
4: have
0: to acknowledge history.
4: Yeah. We have to acknowledge where we've been. Here,
0: uh, the conversation started to feel a bit familiar. and sort of like one of those Mobius strips, those weird shapes that kind of you go in and out and in and out and around, and you're never quite sure which side of the shape you're on. One person would say, we shouldn't erase history.
2: And then someone else would jump in and say, that's not what's happening here. These statues and monuments and memorials were all put up long after the Civil War was over, mostly during the Jim Crow era. If anything, these things themselves are an attempt to rewrite history. Which seems to have worked, by the way. If you look at
0: surveys that have been done on this.
1: When people were asked, what do they think the main cause of the Civil War is, 48% said mainly about states' rights. Only 38% said mainly about slavery.
0: I mean, it's just a fact. The Civil War was fought to end slavery. Clearly, we have a deep problem in this country if a majority of Americans don't think that. And you could argue that these monuments, and even things like the Dixie Stampede, which staged the Civil War as kind of like a pillow fight.
4: There's a danger to it, in your teaching kids a particular sanitized version of history. That was scholar Patricia Davis again, by the way. And if you grew up with the Dolly Parton version of it, you, you, it would be very difficult to understand um, the divides that we have now.
0: Uh, okay, so uh, question number eight. In our first interview, we talked really briefly about the, the situation with the Stampede. So now that we're sort of looking back on it, can you explain your thinking behind changing the name and like what do you feel like you learned from that experience?
1: Well, there's several reasons that we changed the name, or a few reasons. Maybe I should say a couple of reasons. Uh, one being that out of ignorance, people... Things you don't know. A lot of my my things that I do wrong are just out of pure ignorance, really, because you grow up a certain way and you don't know. The Dixie, we always thought way down in the land of Dixie. You know, it's like or Dixie Land, Dixie Land music, Dixie. You know, I just thought of Dixie as a part of the, you know, part of America, and it was uh, offensive. You know, because like I say, out of ignorance, you don't know that you're hurting people. Never thought about it being, you know, about slavery or any of that. But when it was brought to our attention and some woman wrote about it, and uh, I thought, well, Lord, have mercy, I, I would never want to hurt anybody for any reason. And being a businesswoman, we didn't really have that many people say anything about it, but I thought, Lord, if I've offended one person as a businesswoman, I don't want to do that. So we completely cleared all of that out and started over that. But we I just wanted to fix it because I don't want to ever hurt or offend anyone. And so I did it as a good faith effort to show that it was never meant to cause anyone any pain.
0: Sitting there, I thought back to our conversation with Aisha Harris, who had been wondering.
1: Honestly, I'm just curious as to
7: like, does she really like, did she understand where I was coming from?
0: So it sounds like you hear you you heard the criticism you...
1: I hear any criticism. Mm. I he, I hear it cuz if it's hurt somebody, I'm certainly not about that. But then the name change, we are planning to be we do have other Dixie. We other have other stampedes. Now they're just calling it Dolly's Stampede or just the Stampede. But um, We're actually going to be all over, possibly all over the world with that. So it just made more sense because we have those beautiful horses just to have the word stampede and it wasn't like a location. So it really, in my mind, it was a business choice as well.
0: She said that one of the main reasons for the change, and this I didn't see coming was that they want to expand.
6: We were looking at expansion in a couple of other areas, one on the West Coast, one in the Southwest. I talked briefly with Pete
0: about this, too. He said one of the things that happened is they started to see research that showed that nationally, internationally, the awareness of Dixie, Dixie's brand awareness, if you will, is shrinking rapidly.
6: So in order to be able to uh, continue to expand our business, that's why the decision was made.
0: Okay, so going back to Dolly, yeah, sitting with her talking about this, that moment was really interesting for me, Uh, Like because when she said, I don't want to hurt people, I thought, yes, I get it. Everything I have known of her in the last two years of interviewing her tells me that that is true. This is not somebody who ever wants to hurt somebody. All the molecules of her being seem to be aligned in that direction, Mm. and I think that's why people are called to her. But there's also that other aspect of Dolly, which is a laser-focused, pragmatic business person. And both of those things were there so powerfully in that one moment. And I was like, wow, I'm not used to seeing these two things in the same person in this way. I don't think personally that you can have a game about the Civil War without talking about all of it, all the ugly parts, too. Because we're still fighting it on so many levels. But I trust that if people say they are hurt, she will listen. And she will maybe change it again. I don't know.
2: You know, speaking of which, you know what's funny is a couple days ago, I called up Pete again. I didn't record this call because it was just a fact check. And I just asked, "Have have you guys discussed or just thought about just removing North and South? Just... Taking out the thorns of this thing. Keep the competition, the horses, the, the beautiful people, and the pigs. We love the pigs. Yeah. But just take out North and South. Um, protect themselves, protect the future. It would help everything. And he said, no. Yeah. But then um, I asked him, you know, are the just to check, are the costumes still red and blue? And he said, actually, they've changed. I said, they changed again? And he said, yeah, they're red and green. I was like, red and green? Why are they red and green? And he said, Shima. Christmas, North Pole versus South Pole. That's what they're doing now? Yep. Mother, mother, everybody's starving. Mother, mother, let's eat. Hold your
7: horses, got a million courses, and I'm fixing a treat.
5: Jeremiah, go and help your mother. Jane and Jonah, you too. Hezekiah, go and get your brother. Then fetch Amy and Sue. Mother, mother, everybody's happy, got a
6: reason.
4: Smile. you know that I'm about to serve a Christmas dinner, country style.
0: Is it is it true that you are right now having a Christmas party, but you stepped out of your own Christmas party to sit in a car and take our call?
5: <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. I, listen, I, I love I love what you're doing, and uh, to me, it would be amazing if we could if we could get the bust of Dolly Parton up there. So.
0: Just to radically shift the mood one more time, uh, literally minutes, okay maybe maybe not minutes, but less than a day before our deadline, we became aware of a situation developing in my home state of Tennessee involving a Republican state representative. So my name
5: is Jeremy Faison. I'm the Tennessee state representative for the 11th House District. That's Cott, Green and Jefferson County.
0: The reason we and called so Representative Faison dragged him out of his own party that he was having at his house in the Smokies is because of a Dolly-related statement he made a couple days ago that went a little viral. To set it up, in Tennessee each year, the governor must, by law, sign a proclamation honoring six notable figures. Three of them happen to be Confederate generals. Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis, and a guy named Nathan
5: Bedford Forrest. Nathan Bedford Forrest is a former Confederate general. He was also heavily involved with the KKK.
0: He is widely believed to be the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. Not only does he have his own proclamation day every year, but his bronze bust is one of eight busts placed in the hallowed alcoves of the Tennessee State Legislature.
5: He was never put in our Capitol until 1978. Wow. We put him there after Jim Crow. And uh, in 1980, the Grand Wizard of the KKK came to our capital and had a press conference in front of the bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest. Oh, my God. Over my years in Nashville, I, I, I've seen every year my fellow friends and legislators that are African-American. It, it brings an enormous amount of grief to them.
0: It's been a controversy for a while, but for years, he says, he was the guy who would say,
5: Guys, how about let's just preserve history. Some of our history is ugly. He, he, he met Jesus before he died and got right, and I, I, I was very—I I defended him. And then I, he says, one day about two years ago— uh, One of my friends uh, from Memphis as a legislator, he came up to me and said, have you ever actually read any of the writings and newspaper clippings from that time? And i was, to be honest, I, I never had. And he brought them to my office, and as I read them, it tore me up. What
0: uh, what did you read?
5: Well, I, the first thing I read was was the uh, the Fort Pillow massacre. And what is that? Well, that's where a group of Union soldiers, who the majority were African American men, surrendered in peace, and they basically put them in a log cabin and set it on fire. Oh my God! Um, it, it, it was pretty. It was pretty. Disingenuous. It was. It was horrible. He helped in the formation of the KKK. I, I was grieved. I have a biracial son and I was like, Man, that's that's pretty bad and then I'm thinking, Well, we have eight alcoves. That's the mm-hmm. most prestigious spot in all of Tennessee to honor a Tennessean. And I have a biracial son and I have a daughter and I started thinking to myself, wait a minute, if we're gonna preserve history why aren't we preserving all of history? Why is there seven white guys and only one African-American? That's not representative of who we are in Tennessee. We're a very loving and diverse state. We're, we're a bigger state than that. Let, let's, at, at the minimum, rotate these busts out of here and bring more busts in. And at one time, I actually told a reporter, you know, the majority of the people who built this, the state capital were slaves. Could not one of our Alcos benefit them? And then I started thinking, but I'd really love to see a woman. And one of my first thoughts was somebody like Dolly Parton.
1: And why'd you think of her? In
5: my opinion, Dolly Parton is a Tennessee treasure, but even more than that, Dolly Parton is a national treasure. I, you know, I, I could start with all five of my kids have benefited for her from her her drive to end illiteracy. And 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 the Imagination Library, oh my goodness, it's an amazing thing. And at Dollywood, all of my children have gone to her Imagination Library and watched those books, those storybooks, come to life. So
0: uh, Representative Faison made this suggestion via text to a reporter at the Tennessean, said, hey, I think we should replace the bust of the first Grand Wizard of the KKK with someone like Dolly Parton. The reporter then wrote the story and that article really just in the last day or so gotten picked up by tons of national media, and now it seems at least plausible that when the historical committee that decides which busts should and shouldn't be in the alcoves of the state legislature, when they meet in January, it seems at least plausible that they will consider this.
5: I'm hoping our historical commission at the Capitol will do the right thing.
0: Let me ask you, uh, from your position, advocating for taking Nathan Bedford Forrest out of the legislature, is that an easy position for you to take? Or a lonely one?
5: There, Obviously, I have some colleagues who are not at all in agreement with me. Some of my colleagues say, hey, I wish you wouldn't have said that. And uh, not at all trying to be offensive to anybody who loves our Confederate veterans. The truth is, I am a son of a Confederate veteran. If you look in history, you'll find a man by the name of Paul Faison. Paul Faison was actually at Appomattox with Robert E. Lee. And uh, I, I hold Dear to the truth of everything that took place in our civil war and and i want that preserved i want to make sure we never repeat that again but i think we can preserve history tell the truth about history but also preserve history in such a way that everybody gets included and our state's the best managed state in america i mean we've got some great things to to be excited about and this just to me is one of the things that we don't have anything to be excited about with this let's let's put somebody in there like dolly parton that we could be excited about
0: Listen, I want to thank you for taking time out of your Christmas party to talk to us.
5: Hey, God bless you. Merry Christmas. Likewise.
0: Well, there you go. Dolly Parton's America was produced, written, and edited by me and Shima Oliai, brought to you by Awesome Audio, OSM Audio, and WNYC Studios, with production help from W. Harry Fortuna. Thanks to our Bluegrass trio, Steph Jenkins, Stephanie Coleman, and Courtney Hartman, and also thanks to the folks at Sony Music, and to Lynn Sacco, David Dotson, Lulu Miller, Susie Lechtenberg, Soren Wheeler, Sam Shahi, Faith Held, and Joel Ebert. Just a reminder, we have partnered with Apple Music to bring you a companion playlist that's updated each week with music you hear in this episode, plus some of our favorites. You can find all of that at dollypartonsamerica.org. Stay tuned. December 31st, we will deliver the final episode of Dolly Parton's America. Here's a preview. One last question, just to bring it back yeah, to Yeah, it's going
1: so good, though.
0: I mean, if you, had to, if you had to give the final concert, the concert, what would be the last song? Well,
1: the song I close my show with always, uh, and probably always will, is...
0: Do you have a vision for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years, like 100 years?
1: Yes, when I'm gone. There's enough stuff to, to go on forever.
0: We'll close out the series talking with Dolly about her faith and her future. That's on the final episode of Dolly Parton's America in two weeks.